to Yamati. Durante with a free header. And the honour of Western United's first A-League goal goes to a familiar face. Bessart, Borussia. It's Connor Cade on the left. Alessandro Diamante, the ball on a string. And... Oh, Diamante! The Western service crew are celebrating. And welcome back to All Out West for the first episode of 2022. And what more of a thing can we do than review games from last de- like last year. This week, we're joined by Kelsey, Scott, and Jay. Not Leb. Leb couldn't make it. How you been, lads? bit better now that I don't have to the, the spicy cough. Good <laughs> to get over that. Uh, keen to get back to games once they kick them off again. Yeah. That's, I'm glad you're feeling well. Um, that would have been a really tough experience. Um yeah, that's a big day. How about you, Scott? How's things? Yeah, not too bad. Busy at home. No game yeah. to watch. No real A League to watch at the moment. There's one or two games a week at this stage, so pretty quiet. Yeah. Kelsey, how about you? Quiet and relaxed and just the way I like it. Yep, yep. Taking take care of those rocks in Rock Bank? Rocks. <laughs> too many bloody rocks. Uh, so we will get straight into it. Now, on the 5th of January, Western United announced that due to a number of COVID cases affecting players and staff, the game against Sydney on the 7th of first was to be postponed. In reflection, should this have happened sooner? Yes. I mean, it was obvious it was going to happen. Just They should have just bit the bullet. I get waiting, though, but yes. Jay, thoughts? Yeah, very hard to know. Obviously, um, cases spiking in Melbourne. Um, especially, you know, um, obviously um, a few of the Western Service crew boys actually got coronavirus at um, the most recent game or were probably at the Boxing Day test as we were in the Barmy Army for a little bit, so that probably didn't help. Um, those dirty poms probably gave it to us. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's flying around. You're getting 40-odd thousand cases a day. It's bound to affect some players. And um, if you can't put a proper list together or... Um, keep players apart, which is just not feasible. You know, you need to train together. Um, you're going to have to delay these games, and as as crappy as it sounds, it's you know, hopefully the the, the players that have got it now can keep away from it, and you know, we, we won't have any more games postponed. Um, I was just wondering if they either postpone the whole league, give it a couple of weeks to breathe, and then just redo all the fixtures because it's sort of all getting slapped together at the moment um, hopefully it can all get sorted out and hopefully it can move on soon i think the apl the is issued... you go scott yeah the, the good thing is there are at least some games to watch so you, you don't want to put the whole delay on i know there's not much to watch and it is getting slapped together but it's better than having nothing and you know it's not like victory are running away with it at the moment so yeah, it's, it's better to watch something than rather than nothing. I do feel as though it is, um, the crowds have also been affected um, mm. by the most recent outbreak of COVID because um, even though, you know, there was a pretty large crowd at the Boxing Day test, at the victory in Western United game, there was a few people. Um, there were nowhere near as many at the more recent, I think, uh, the Melbourne victory in Adelaide and the Melbourne City versus Western Sydney game. Um, there were, you know, you could tell there was a lot of gaps in seats and I don't really blame people with the virus really taking off in Metro Melbourne. So um, yeah. 
that, that that is probably the most disappointing part about the games getting slapped together. It's going to be hard on um, physical attendance for it. Yeah. I think James one of the biggest issues have... was... Sorry, you know, my, my phone lags quite a bit and doesn't start until you start. <laughs> but, um, yeah. That's okay, you go. The, the, the whole COVID thing is going to affect fans going probably for the next year or so, to be honest. You're going to have those few fans that aren't going to want to go to games because of that reason, and they won't go until COVID's basically gone, which, yeah, let's be honest, it's going to be a couple of years until it'll be smaller or gone, or it, it could be still around. So, look, we've been affected by COVID since we started. That's why we've got low crowd numbers, and that's what I'll stick to. That's one factor, but um, I think that, so. My, my kind of my note is the APL issued a statement a few days later after our game against Victory, which, despite playing quite well, d- despite the circumstances, we had a number of our starting eleven players out for the day. And after that, they ruled if you have five five players from your your squad um, out of commission due to COVID, you can postpone the game. If that ruling had to come in before that game, do you think we would have had it off? Is more so my my question. Yep. Th- thank you. Any elaboration there, Kelsey? No, look, we would have, though. If the rule had been in effect, simply we would have had it. They would have cancelled. Aloisi even said as much, like, yeah. had they've had the chance to postpone his press conference, we would have postponed. Yeah, I, kn- I knew you'd seen it, as had I. So I was kind of starting to get a bit of conversation flowing, big fella. Hey, you, hey, I'm, I'm a concise person here today. Okay, I'll remember that. Uh, <laughs> Now, Not when I do the review, though. That's a bit different. Yeah, I know. I just mess with you, man. Now, here's a bit of a different one. Um, on behalf of All Out West, it's the big fella's 40th birthday this week. We'd like to give a shout-out to Western United C- CEO Chris Pelavanis. His 40th birthday, so happy birthday, big fella. Um, who who said we should be going over there for a pool party? Who's, whose idea was that? It should be Chris's, mate. Yeah. We Get accept invites. So, yeah, big well, happy the birthday. The should be invited exclusively. Yeah, we, we can cover the, ga- uh, cover the pool party if we need. Yeah, we but can yeah, review big... it. <laughs> uh, Andrew Tran's already in. 100 bucks says he's already there. Um, <laughs> Especially if Bruce gets one of his um, um, the pig spits going as well. I've seen, I, th- yeah. I think you've got going that, one of those. Got one of those going a couple times, so... Andrew, be all over that. I'm sold. Um, but, yeah, so it's a slow news kind of month for us as we haven't made a podcast in a month due to, like, personal things. I've had a, a new child, which is a barrel of fun, an amazing experience. But uh, there hasn't been any real updates to injuries because there's been no games played, but we still know Seb Pasquale is done for the season. Uh, do you guys want to get into the uh, game review? Just before you uh, do... Take um, the other thing back. is you can say, based on his um, press conference, Aloisi did say um, Rene Crin had a personal matter and he's nearly back as well at the time. Oh, true. Sorry, I missed that. So hey, he's you, not man. injured. It was, it was a personal thing and he shouldn't be too far off. It's just getting um, the fitness into him now. Shout out. I think uh, Rene Crin got uh, engaged recently as well. I saw that on his uh, Instagram. Shout out. Congratulations, big fella. Um, yeah. Do, can, we, can we go to game review? Yeah, we can. I just wanted to update that. Yeah, that was you. all. Thank you for fact checking me. You should work for the ABC. <laughs> I do like Media Watch. Um, 
let's take a trip back in the Wayback Machine to the 17th of December in 2021 at Amy Park. West United took on Adelaide's, Adelaide United, in my opinion, which was a scrappy game in front of 2,353 people. Uh, what was the game day like? Did anyone go? Oh, yeah, of course. Still haven't missed a game this season. Um, honestly, rough to remember because it's been over it was like a month ago almost. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Almost almost a month, you know, seven days of thinking that's a month. Um, that was in Amy Park on a Friday night, Saturday night? Friday. 17th was Friday a Friday. Night. Friday night. All right. Yeah, thanks, Fact Check. Um, yeah, I was, I, was, I was just trying to remember between the ones that we've been to because, you know, we've been like seven games in a row now. So, um, yeah, uh, very good, uh, like, atmosphere I found in the crew, maybe around the grounds, not so much. It was a bit more of a quiet one, it being a Friday night. COVID pretty much starting to kick back off again. Um, you know, we had a fair few in the active um, week, it's the week before Christmas as well, so it's, you know, people doing Christmas shopping and, not, not really. I don't think the A-League was at the top of everyone's uh, list priorities. of priorities for that Friday night. But, um, look, I still had an absolute blast. Um, I know that everyone and everyone in the crew had a blast. Um, the game, uh, a bit a bit lacklustre in points, but we still made it fun. So, um, yeah, good atmosphere, I'd say, in general, up our end of the ground. Nice. Now, John Aloisi had to make a few changes due to COVID, which this was just before we were really affected by it, with Topper Stanley playing in the left-back role, which I believe in commentary they noted that he hadn't played in around 15 years. How would you rate Topper Stanley's performance, Scott? Um, I think he did quite well, if I can remember. It was quite a while ago, and I... I think I was busy that day, but um, yeah, we put together a decent. Nah, he did a good job. I, I I saw you drinking, and I'm like, oh, Scott, he's a bit drink. Uh, From memory, no. um, he didn't have the same like uh, attacking presence as uh, Garuccio, but still slotted in up back and played uh, solid. Uh, played a solid defensive game. He did his job um, defensively. From memory from that game, he was a bit better. Than, look, he, he he was a bit better the next week, but it was a solid game from him. And look, at the end of the day, he was part of a team that kept a clean sheet. Yeah. The only problem being, um, it pretty much left Risden and uh, Risden and Wales running down the the other side. Pretty much gave us all our attacking options. We really didn't get much from Topol's side, except when the ball got swung across to Payne. Um, Topol, yeah, really didn't give us much going forward. And um, I think that sort of, you know, it takes away one of your avenues to goal, um, which is, yeah. you know, something that definitely would be a problem if we were relying on top all week in, week out. But as a once-off, I don't think it's the worst thing. How do you rate his acquisition thus far, Jay? Definitely a good pickup. Um, plenty of experience and, um, uh, you know, an extra option for that. Uh, fullback role because you know that we can still play Mai and and uh, Lacroix. Um, just wondering why you wouldn't put Mai on that far side. You know he's a bit quicker. Well, so they actually did that for the victory game. They switched Risden over to the left. They put. I'll speak about it a bit more. Mai <laughs> on the right, and then they had this pairing of um, 
Lacroix and Top or Stanley to the back. Yeah, there you go. Um, maybe Alois is still getting used to his players, but you know you probably want the pacier centre half on the up on the side. And there you go. That's what happened next week, and then we we conceded yeah. three. So probably don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, look, it was probably that they didn't think of it at the time, and then during the week when they because I think they were doing that a bit on the fly against Adelaide, whereas victory they'll even though. You know, the, the squad was depleted. They had a bit of time with that defensive pairing to work out how they want the four to sit. Uh, like, they were patch the jobs they and, wanted, and so. it wasn't... There, there, were other, there were other problems leading to those goals that wouldn't be fixed by yeah. having uh, Ben Garucci. We'll review that game next, but, yeah. yeah, they did end up doing that the next game is my point. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Now, moving on, Adelaide dominated with 57% of possession and we're throwing all but the kitchen sink or scoring a goal at the defenders with five block shots and three decent saves from Jamie Young. How do you think his game went, Kelsey? Uh, I thought Young. he was really good, actually. Upon uh, review, I actually left him out of the votes and I'm actually going to change my one to him oh, in that just as a spoiler. Um, but, no, he was really good. Again, like... he. At, by the end of that game, he'd gone six-plus hours without a single goal going behind him in the net. Hmm. I mean, and the only goal he's conceded up to the, the Adelaide game was a set piece where everyone turned off and his view was blocked. I think he's been a great acquisition and his performance for the club, not just Adelaide, but the previous four weeks has been fantastic and exactly what we needed after the end of last season. It's a brought some assurity to that defence and... Um, the, def- the defense as well has brought some assurity to the keeper as well. Definitely. Uh, any other comments on Jamie Young? He's game? definitely making it hard for Ryan Scott to get back in. Do I do I do I brandish it now? Do I brandish it? Yeah. They took our Scott. <laughs> but uh. In, in reality, I think he's doing a, ba- a bang-up job, and if anything, he'd be a really good mentor for Ryan Scott in this era of his game. You know what I mean? Working with someone like him, however many, like five days a week training, and then, you know what I mean? Like, it's like Curdo. He would have learned from Curdo. That's a, you need someone to help propel your, your goalkeeping team. Uh, so the deadlock was broken in the 44th minute as Lockie Wales assisted Connor Payne with a shot to the right corner. Scott, is this Connor Payne's best season? Um, it's hard to say. Um, yes, those really good moments. And see, last season I thought he was quite well as well. He's just one of those all-rounder players that step up, does his job, does it well, and doesn't have too many fault games, really. He's just got to sometimes, you know, change it up a bit when he's attacking because he always tends to do the same move every time. But, yeah, he's having a fantastic year and yeah, I can't fault him. And I, It's hard to judge whether this is one of his best seasons or last season was because he's just, he's just the same player. He doesn't change. He's good majority of the time. I, I wouldn't say um, he's actually playing any better. I'd say he's playing differently and that's leading him to him being on the score sheet because obviously he's pushed forward now. He's not playing in a wing back. He's playing pretty much on the wing. So he's allowed to have the attacking freedom without having the defensive worry as much. And that's where you're seeing him scoring goals now and, and really pushing forward up into the box and making those darting runs without, you know, having to worry about, oh, crap, you know, if I get caught out here, I've got a bolt. 
100 metres back to, you know, 60 metres back the other way. Um, and I think that also helps, you know, your stamina if you're not having to run back and forth the whole time. So we're getting uh, extended periods of uh, kind of pain running at the ball. And uh, I think it's, it's, it's good in the sense that, uh, well, obviously, I don't think we're lacking, lacking in wingers, but we at times are lacking in experience on the wings. Uh, and, and obviously, he's, he's, you know, literally won us two or three games now. So, yeah, can't, can't fold him. He's probably been one of, if not our best players. It might not always show it in our votes, but he's definitely always mm. up there. I think it yeah. does. It reflects it in this last couple of games, Kelsey. Yeah, no, I I think Aloisi's use of him is put him to most damaging effect in terms of getting on the end product. Um, by yeah, having that back four instead of a back five, as Jason, he does have to track back. So it's just utilizing him in the best possible way to be damaging where it matters, and that's on the score sheet. Um, it is, but it, it is worth mentioning just quickly. Uh, last time he played on the left wing, so before West United. Uh, was it the Mariners? I believe so. I believe the Mariners, and he won their uh, Player of the Year, like yeah, that you're season. Correct. So, yeah, I'm I'm fairly so, certain you're right on that. Yeah. Hopefully, he, he can get another one for us this year. <laughs> now, a number of our big breaks were down the right side with Risen's runs, feeding the ball, and often catching the defender off guard with his physicality. How important is he to how the team moves the ball forward? He's an important link in the chain. Um, I think you'll find throughout both that game and even the victory game we were depleted, uh, he, he is usually in the link to nearly every forward attacking player there is. Like they, they really utilise him. Um, and he's also good at getting back. And he, has, he can run all day. So like yeah. he, he can get back. He helps. So he's, he's almost giving us an extra you know, midfielder or winger and also able to get back and help the back four. Yeah, I, I think he's just been – you can see his quality pretty much since the Brisbane game, his 200th game, he's been on fire in my opinion. He's really got a match lit under him, you know what I mean? Yep. Look at the difference between where we are now and where we were last season. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, we've got a few extra players, but the one player that we didn't have last season for most of it was Risden because he was out due to injury and personal reasons. But – he, you know, you can see it now. What a huge difference he is between the back back lot, the back line, and and pushing forward and getting the ball more under control within the midfield, and rather than just bombing it out long, Chris is making some good runs, putting the ball in. He's really changing our side, making it to the better. I um I don't think that a Socceroos call up is out of the realm of possibility either. Maybe not now, but if he definitely keeps his form up, he's He's played, um, you know, he's made a soccer his cap before. We've chatted with him about it. and You know, he's never had more pride than when he played, pulled on, you know, the, the kit for your country. So um, with Ryan Grant's dip in form, wouldn't surprise me if he gets a call up in the next six to 12 months. I, I would like to see it, but, you know, to push Ryan Grant aside, is, is Arnold... Used to manage him yeah. down at Sydney. Yeah, you know, it'd be hard to sort of push past his boy, even though Ryan Grant's at the moment worse shape than Risden. Yeah, you know, Ryan Grant would be Arnold's boy. 
So yeah, like it, it, it would be take tough, a fair but he deserves it. Yeah, it'd take a fair bit, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Look, if I had to bet against it happening, I'd say probably not. Or bet bet for it happening, you know, I'd say it's probably not going to happen. But wouldn't surprise me if it did. No, I completely agree with you there. Yeah. Uh, if he did chuck him in, you, you know, he wouldn't get out. I don't think. I think just him trying to make the the soccer ruse is the biggest task. Once he gets in, I don't think Rissom will have any issues and um, staying in the same team and getting uh, more consecutive games. Definitely. Um, <clears throat> sorry, my voice a bit croaky. In what would have been the equaliser in the 51st minute, a late challenge from Lacroix stopped play with Halloran having a clear break leading to a goal. Should have played stopped. Yes. Oh, no, no, that should be a goal. Yeah. We, yeah, we got so lucky. That's Leo playing 4D chess, taking the player out and giving away a foul so it gets brought back. We got so, so lucky because I thought on the replay, oh, we gave up and that's why he just scored into an open net. Oh, sorry, before I saw the replay. But then mm. you watch, he gets that and takes it first time without even looking at our defenders or our goalie. He scored. Mm. He's going to score that whether or not we want to stop him or not. So we got so lucky, so lucky that they, they blew the whistle prematurely because that game, we shouldn't have won that game. It's, it's that simple. Like, I, I like being biased towards us, but, oh, man, when it's that glaringly obvious and that, that you know, that much of a howler, lucky VAR can't touch that one as well because, geez, Look, yeah, we got very, I'm very just- lucky. that The game should not have been stopped. I'm just glad that the uh, ref hates Adelaide as much as we all do. <laughs> uh, we we seldom get a shake of the of the sauce bottle with the refs, so it, uh, it was pretty solid, uh, in my opinion. But it should have it shouldn't have happened. It was a yeah, but I'm happy it did. Here we are. Um, any final thoughts on the game, Scott? No. Cool. Carry on, Jay. Uh, more goals would be nice in the future. Obviously, you want to put those games away. 100%. Do you guys want to get, uh, Kels, any final thoughts? No, no, I'm happy to go. I think we've reviewed it pretty well. Uh, who are you changing your last vote to, sorry? Uh, young, just as the one. So whoever okay. was one, it's Young. Am I? So, Kelsey, now into Player of the Year season deal. Um, Kelsey gave three points to Risden, two to Payne, one to Amai, uh, which you've changed to Young. Yeah. Uh, uh, Leb has given three to Young, two to Payne, one to Wales. Jay, do you want to read yours? Damn, I can't even remember mine. I got you covered, big fella. I got you got three to Payne, two to Young, one to Wales. Um, I did yeah. three to Young. Two to Risden, uh, th- sorry, three to Payne, two to Young, one to Risden. And Scott, who have you got this week? I'm going to go with uh, three to Connor, two to Risden, and one to Wales. You just couldn't I give Young was... the point, could you? So who was the two to, sorry? Risden. Oh, thank you, Josh. Risden, sick. And one to Wales? Yeah. Sweet. No, he cool. said Young. <laughs> that didn't. <laughs> That's young, young <laughs> whales. <laughs> there you go. Cool. So, winning this week currently is Connor Payne. Now, no shock. Uh, not at all. He's had a ripper. Uh, Kelsey, you're up with the victory summary. 
Okay, so in what would be our last game to this point currently on Boxing Day, a COVID-19 ravaged West United took on Melbourne victory at AB Park in front of 13,186 fans. Um, so Aloisi obviously had to make some changes uh, with Wales moving into the Diamante-style playmaker role in um, Diamante's absence due to COVID-19. Pierres would then come in for his first start of the season in place of Wales. Um, and this is where I mentioned a bit earlier, Rizzo moved to the right with Amai, uh, sorry, to the left with uh, Amai on the right. And then they had to pour Stanley and Lacroix as the centre-backs for this game, making the change from last week. Um, the bench was ravaged with only four outfit players and one second and our backup keeper, meaning the minimum requirement allowed to play. Uh, Wallace, what did you think of the makeup of the team for what we had available? I think it was really good. Some smart, a smart lineup, in my opinion. It was I, noting how many people we had out when the score, like the it was announced. I was like, oh my god! But I think the team excelled. Like this was a great opportunity to see some more players get some game time. I see it as that, and they not only almost matched uh, uh, Melbourne victory, which if you look at the first 10 minutes, we had a number of good shots on goal. So I'm not, I'm not taking it as a negative this game. I saw it as a positive because we performed well and it was probably our worst game of the season. But I saw a lot of positives. I'll disagree. I'll say that, that was I, we had our worst 90 seconds of the season. <laughs> and yeah. Because yeah. like we played uh, good football for, I'd probably say 65, 70 minutes of that game. Like, didn't really look like we were getting worked over. Um, fell asleep at a corner, conceded 1-0, and then lost the ball at the kickoff. I'll get to those. I'll get to those, buddy. Yeah. Stop skipping Sorry, ahead yeah. of the actual <laughs> goals here. Jeez, mate. Sorry, um, mate. Uh, so, uh, but what you were saying is true. Like, despite being undermanned, we really took the fights and we had 54% possession over the course of the game and 22 shots with five on target versus their 15 and five. So it really does show that we actually were on top of the ball for quite a bit in that game. Um, but then, you know, in the 17th minute, uh, it will be the first time in over six hours um, from yet another set piece against the same team. Uh, a bit of Groundhog Day. We consider the goal when uh, Greer outmuscled the sticker to create space for himself and score his first ever A-League goal. Uh, what were your thoughts on the goal, Jay? Oh, I mean, uh, statues in the box, mate. Statues, like, um, can't be conceding goals like that. I don't really blame Lustigar. He's very small. Shouldn't be, <laughs> shouldn't be relying on him to um, defend set pieces. He should be out out of the box and, you know, ready to, to pick up the ball and run. Uh, you know, it, it falls to the bigger players, uh, Leo and... Um, even Tomoki, Topol Stanley, even maybe even Risden, you know, he's not exactly small, but um, yeah, it's just almost school schoolyard stuff. You've got to mark your players better than that. You should be getting free headers like that, and it's happened twice now. So uh, yeah. it's just disappointing just, just to be able to tap the ball in like that. And then obviously what happened next was, I think, uh, well. happened because of that shock. We were sort of statues... For the next 90 seconds. and Well, yeah. we'll actually go into that now. So what was the proverbial one-two punch? Straight from kickoff, Kilkenny would actually turn the ball over straight back to victory and they would uh, counter devastatingly, finishing with Brillante finding the back of the net. Um, this would actually be our first goal from open play all season and I think you're right, it was a bit of shock. Um, Wallace, what are your thoughts on it? 
Um, heartbroken, devastated. I feel like starting an emo band in 2002. No, uh, it, it was it was pretty hard to bear. That was probably the worst thing we've done since last season. The last eight games, we'd shown what? such positive movement, losing the, like losing control of the ball and unable to track back. It was it was hard to watch, but it is what it is. Like Kilkenny's been good most of the season. I yeah. Kil- Kilkenny had an absolute shocker to get that game though. Gave us pretty much nothing. I hate to say it. After, you know, starting so well, he was just, he looked uh, just average. Um, for a but I'll say all, all 11 of our players at that one moment from that restart were just statues, essentially. They didn't know what was going on. I, I don't know why what possessed Neil to sort of lob that ball and, and try and, and make that such an attacking play, though, because uh, yeah, our players, I mean, it's, it's definitely on the whole team. It's a team effort, but they hadn't reset yet. You can see yeah. Leo and, and Tomoki, they're scrambling. Jamie Young, after the goal went in, Jamie Young, you know, watch the replay. Jamie Young is, like, hands up pretty much saying, what the fuck are you guys doing? Leo's Leo's standing there like he's just, you know, seen the Red Wedding or something like that, you know, from Game of Thrones. He's just shocked. He couldn't believe what he was seeing. He, like, um, Not again. Yeah, they really sold our defence, like, he basically sold our defence down the river, and Young, like Young, was quite rightly livid with what happened. Um, yeah, yeah, our, our, our defenders pretty much ran to one player, like three on one, and couldn't get the ball you? off him. No, sorry, Scott, you're muted. You're muted, Scott. They, that's. Sorry, I was yelling at the dog. I was trying to do it on mute. Okay, cool. Carry on. Okay, you. I, I was like, are you trying to? Do you have a valid point, to Scott? Like, no, no. Carry on. Sorry, Scott. Anything you want to say, uh, Scott, about the two goals? I uh, I personally haven't seen them, and I I'm not going to waste time watching the replay. To, to be honest, as soon as I saw two 0 down, because I was I was away on holiday, setting up the the tent and that, and I was listening to the game. I was the first one went down. And I just knew. I just knew it was going to get bad, and it, it seemed to go that way anyway, so I haven't bothered to watch it. No, also, fair enough. Um, sorry. Um, I, no, I, you I, go. I think if, I don't, I think if we don't con- concede that second quick goal, we don't concede the third. It sounds weird, but I think we played a bit more to try and... Uh, well, we'll come to at that. ...at the end of the game. Like, we'll get to that, but I think that... But that was, like, the catalyst... Uh, that, those that ninety seconds just destroyed the game for us. It's yeah, really it, like it did. Like, um, it, like it's the most we've ever lost in like such a short amount of time. Like it really because we we looked good for the rest of that half, and it was just you know ninety seconds we shut out for, and it's like well, obviously we're harping on about it a bit, but it was extremely it was an extremely important passage of play because it shows you just how quickly you can fall asleep after six hours of. Resolute defending, uh, you can concede to in a matter of moments. So, uh, yeah, as far and, as, as good as we've looked, you know, we've, we've got to keep that up. Sorry, Kelsey. Yeah, and no, no, that's the thing. Like, and after that, like, the game would actually die down a little because Victory were happy to just hold things as they were. They were comfortable. They had 2 0 up, you know, and then almost from nothing in the 86 minute, a speculative whale ball into the box gets missed by Roderick, allowing Priovic to like smash the ball, and suddenly it was game back on. You know, so you go from like the 80s well. to the 86. Well, I'll let you comment on that because I was going to ask Scott, but I'm guessing Scott hasn't seen the goal. 
No, so oh, Jay, uh, you can talk about the Prejevich goal. Well, yeah. Well, Wales obviously you fire those balls in, and every every once in every so often, uh, the defender falls asleep and misses it. Prejevich was right on top. As soon as he, he hit it with power, but he also sort of side footed it as well. So usually you don't get that much power out of a side footed shot, but he it was accurate, powerful, uh, just under the bar, a grouse finish. Hopefully we see more of that. Honestly, looked like Zlatan. The same way as Latan would finish. So very happy with that. Um, but in the end, a consolation goal, but something to look forward to, hopefully. Yeah. So, But then the what positive I saw in that is, straight after that is, we applied the pressure to really pour forward with what the little time remaining, searching for the goal to try and get us the point. We went trying to go for the, for the point rather than just being happy with the two to one. And uh, alas, it was not to be in the 94th minute, We'd obviously pay the ultimate price with uh, all their numbers going forward. They were able to counter devastatingly the other way with Agostino able to finish off making it 3-1. I actually saw this goal as a bit of like the classic NHL empty net goal where teams throw like the goalie off to get the extra number, try and pour numbers forward, and then the, it just goes the other way and ends up in the back of the net. Yeah. You know, you're much, chasing yeah. a result, you get caught. It is what it is, but I was happy to see us trying to chase a result. Then the, you know... Except the two-one defeat, and um, if uh, Kilkenny didn't wasn't because I believe he was on a yellow at that point. Um, Kilkenny was in a position to make a tackle, but didn't, which ultimately would have stopped that goal from happening in its tracks. Uh, probably a good thing because we would have been missing him for the next game. But you know, that's why you've got to be disciplined because in that moment, if he's not on a yellow, he can foul. He can professionally foul. Um, I can't remember which victory player. It was a player streaming forward, and then that goal doesn't happen. But, like, that's another one of those little things where um, you know, the discipline discipline at the start of games helps with uh, your ability to finish your games off as well. So you don't want early yellows and you don't want double yellows either. Um, still a well-finished goal by D'Agostino and, and victory. They, they definitely earned it. Like, as much as it was what you'd call an empty netter, Still had to get down there, beat a couple of players and score a goal. But ultimately, like I said before, if we don't concede two in 90 seconds, we don't concede that third one either, chasing the game so hard. That, that's right. There was a game yeah. of 90 seconds and the 90 seconds did us in. And I think that really sums up what happened in the game in a nutshell. Because I, I think if it's 1-0 and then pre scores, I'm taking the draw if I'm Aloisi. And I'm not throwing everyone yeah. forward. But, you know, I can't blame him for trying. No. And the only other final thought I want to say is I was really happy with Aloisi's press conference after. He didn't, you know, make excuses for the loss. He accepted the loss, but he was really praiseful of our players. Yeah. The, the weird part is I think we actually played better for the majority of the game in this game that we won uh, than we did against the – sorry, that we lost – Against the Adelaide, uh, against Adelaide, who we beat, you know, against Adelaide, we probably played 20, 30 minutes of good football, won one nil, got lucky, and then, you know, fell asleep for two minutes, um, and played seventy minutes of good football against Victory and lost three one. So, um, I have a question. The math doesn't not... always add up, but is that hopefully a... we, we can play better next week or next game. Jay, is that a product of this the squad and the whole game plan evolving and progressing as a as a unit, or do you think that is the play the personnel we threw at it on the day? I think it's a mixture of both. I think we're progressing as a unit quite well, but um, 
you're used to training certain ways and playing with certain players, and that probably got jumbled up with COVID. So um, I think we adapted probably as best as we could and things didn't go our way at times. Um, you do need, you know, that 5% of luck to win you a football game sometimes, especially against quality opposition, which Adelaide, I believe, are, uh, despite their, their record not showing it, and victory definitely are. Um, I think we're moving in the right direction, if I could sum it all up pretty quickly. It might not look it after that victory game, but I think we're moving in the right direction. I definitely, after seeing that, um, confident we'll make uh, top six. Yep. Anyone uh, else has any final thoughts? Can, can I add to that? I'm going the opposite. I'm starting to worry. We, we, you watch the game, we bro. Can... Don't worry about it. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about in general. Have we scored more than two, one goal this season? We're not. Ah, uh, yes. I don't know. I don't. FFA Cup. Newcastle. Season. See, that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah, that was at the start of the season. <laughs> but I think we're starting to struggle. I, we're, our games is, you know, all of our wins are only one nil wins. I don't think we're, I don't know what it is, whether we're not pushing so oh, yeah, we only you, think we win one one nil. We can't really put that scoreboard pressure on. Our defence is doing well, but our attack is struggling to get the goals. Um, so you might have missed um the episode where Leb J and I we actually had a bit of a conversation about this, and it's easily more a product of the way Alois is training him. Is you you got to have that defensive mindset. This is the way it's appearing anyway. You got that defensive mindset. First, yes, obviously goals win you matches, but he would prefer the goals to come not at the cost of exposing the defence as like what happened when you try chasing the goals, what happened in the last goal against victory this week. No, I agree with you. Like We should be able to bury some more teams, but that appears to be what's going on. I, I believe... But, I can't remember we, what he we've said, got the defensive structure set up now. I think, you know, when's the, when's the attack structure going to start? Because you don't start putting it together. It's going to be. It's not going to take us as far as we want to be at the end of the season. But the thing oh. is, Priyavich hasn't been like hasn't been up to scratch. The strike, the big striker we got, the one of the big signings of the year, has played one game and maybe forty minutes on top of that. You know what you I mean? He's, he hasn't. Rely on him. The team. No, it's got a structural piece. Scoring as well. When yeah. the horse is scoring, Connor Payne's been scoring. He gets injured. What we then all of a sudden we don't know how to score. We need the whole yeah, team. What? We got Dylan Wenzel Halls. You got Connor Payne, man. It's 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 um, Lockie Wales. Thomas Stanley is laying in wait. Dylan Perez was our top goal scorer last year, and he can't get a look in. I don't think goal scoring is going to be an issue. Um, Aloisi said at the press conference. No, if you listen to Aloisi's, uh, I think it was one of his more recent press conference, or not more recent, but it's probably about a month ago. He gave a press conference and say, pretty much saying that basics is what I want to get right first. Then the goals will come, and they will come. Um, we have been scoring one a game that's better than than grinding out nil or draws. I'll take that. I'll take one a I game like be... um, rather than yeah, losing no. one nil every game. I can guarantee you that because we were remember remember Scotty last year we lost six games in a row and we With scored twenty four goals goal. conceded. And I also remember Rudin said we'll play attacking football and that yeah, didn't work Rudin, towards the end. 
Rudin played attack on football and looked what happened. Just because Aloisi is saying one thing doesn't mean it's going to happen. I want to yeah, see well, it. It's got to, it's got to happen for, for me to believe him. Look, mate, I'll take the results at this point. If we start losing games 1-0 every week, then, Scott, I think we're, we've got a problem. But Or 1-1 one, one draws um, every week and we're only getting one yeah. point a game. We, you know, I agree but, with you. Then we have to start hitting panic stations. I, 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 I think it'll be um, – we're not far away from winning a game 3-4-0 or at least 3-4-1, you know, putting – you know, uh, like that Ballarat game against MacArthur last year when we just sort of put MacArthur to the sword three, I think it was 4-1 or 3-0 in the end. Uh, Perice was scoring, you know, Guarachena scoring. It was a free-for-all. If we can replicate that sometime in the near future, I think um, it might just free us up a little bit, build morale, and I think the goals will come a little easier. It might not come And it can't be regularly. against the bottom side. Sorry yeah, to over-talk. My, my screen... My internet, I'm having a lot of internet issues, which is why I've been quiet a lot because you guys jumping and, but yeah, um, yeah, it, it, it can't be against the bottom side. We need like that against a MacArthur or Victory or City. We need to provide we can score against good defenses rather than pricking whoever's down the bottom. There are really no bottom sides at the moment, man. Everyone's playing at least semi decent football. Even Brisbane should be doing better than they are. Um, like, they should have got a couple more points. Adelaide have been unlucky. Adelaide could be top six if they had a bit bit of our luck, you know. Uh, probably they play victory twice. Yeah, I mean, and they could have beaten victory twice as well. They got unlucky in one game and – well, they got unlucky in both games. So um, there's no real pushover sides this year. I, I'd take a bag of goals against anyone. I think we'll uh, leave it there for that game. But uh, I, I, like, I can definitely see your point that we definitely do need a game where we start putting some goals away. But uh, I believe there's one more game to review. Uh, firmly incorrect there, buddy. It's player of the year. Oh, you're going to do player of the year first? I forgot about that. Good point. Do you, do you even host, bro? Do you even host? Not in a long time, no. Neither have I. It's been a month. <laughs> Now, Kelsey, you gave three to Wales, two to Risden, one to Topper Stanley. Uh, Leb gave three to Priovich, two to Payne, and one to Young. Jay, do you remember yours, or are you good? You want me to do it? Three to oh, – I gave two to Priovich and yeah. one to someone else and three to someone else. All I can remember is Priovich. Uh, three to <laughs> Wales, one to Lacroix. I did three yeah. to Wales, two to Priovich, one to Topper Stanley. I'm a big fan of Topper Stanley. Scott, who have you got for votes this week? I'm going to go with three with Priovich, two to Wales, and oh, I'm not sure. With the, the last one, I'm just going to go with one to Topper Stanley because that's what you said. Well, I'll tell you the reason why I picked him. He's the only defender who made zero errors for the entire game. Not a bad pass. Not a bad tackle, not a bad... I oh, won all his duels. He was actually really good. Uh, the, the reason I gave Leo a vote as well is because he was a massive aerial threat at times. Actually hit the crossbar with a header from a corner. Mm. And we need that. We need someone to be an aerial threat for those set pieces. Um, Dude, hopefully he next time he can stop a WMD, he's that tall. He's... Mate, it's illegal how high he can get. You know, he just does this. Leo's going to be a controlled substance soon. That's how high he can get. <laughs> <Rick> it. 
You're part of the Drugs uh, Poisons Control Substances Act of the... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> you, you know all the... Um, all the... Uh, the Act one? Yeah, I know that act very well. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Do you guys want to know who's winning the Player of the Year award? Currently. Can we all guess? Uh, yes, Jay. Uh, Connor Payne. Yeah, that I'll say Connor Payne still. Yeah. Oh, it 33 is. points. Yep, he's currently winning. He's had a ripper. Um, Leo, he's done second. second. Not Leo. It is Josh Risden. I was going to say Rizzo, yeah. Three and really solid. Uh, wait. Not three is Leo Lacroix. Wow, yeah. Oh. Yeah. On uh, 25. Uh, Neil Kilkenny on 23 for four. And Jamie Young coming fifth. On 17. Could be right, Scott. He'd be first if Scotty wasn't biased. <laughs> uh, he's your new Geotech, isn't he? Uh, look, Jamie Young's a good keeper and all, but um, I just feel like we could really have a better keeper with Scott in for goals. So, uh, game I- review? I'm not doing the Scott versus Ryan debate for like four podcasts in a row. I think my heart might explode. Game review time. Let's move on. Okay, guys. And now this is a bit of a special a special one, okay? Um, oh, actually, before we get into that, we forgot to have a little conversation about something else. What's that? If you're, pa- if you're as passionate about West United as we are, you won't want to miss any of this season's A-League live action. Oh, A-League action. And the easiest and quickest and best way to catch every game from every angle is with A-League live app. Search for the A-League live or Sportsmate in the Apple or Google Play stores. That is in our podcast description. Cool. Check it out. We're big fans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if there's a way I could put it over Scott's face, I would, but I can't. Oh. Um <laughs> But I uh, highly recommend it. That's where we get all our stats from and doing our reviews and stuff. Obviously, Kelsey's better at it than me, but here we are. Now we can go on to the game review. Now, this is a bit of a fun one. I'm glad we get to talk about this. I was hoping we could do it earlier, but on actually, I'm just do do do. So, Calder United smashed South Melbourne FC 3 0 to win the fourth consecutive Nike FC Cup at CB Smith Reserve. The tides turned in the second half with friend of the pod and dead set legend Alex Sinclair opening scoring at the 50th minute. And wow, the goals just kept coming. Um, She was later interviewed and she said, I'm a firm believer that. No goal is ever scored alone. And to step up as a leader and help get the win, I'm so pleased. Now, the lead was increased with an extreme long-range belter from the boot of Montana Matthews. And, man, this was... Best goal I've seen. That was a cracker. That was amazing. I I was up the other end of the pitch, literally had a perfect angle for it, and it looked like it was just floating in the air. One of those shots that looks like it's floating in the air forever. And then as soon as it hits the crossbar, it just rattled in. Oh, we went – or the upright, sorry. Oh, we went yeah. nuts. That's the best goal I've seen live all year. Probably one of the best I've seen. Uh, I we, couldn't tell you the last time I saw a better goal than that. We did have to watch the replay just because it was just unbelievable and it had to be seen again in slow-mo. That was amazing. Yeah. Now It was cracker. Now, I'll, I'll get your comments in a minute, guys. To add salt to the wound, Sinclair chucked in another goal in the dying minutes, and it was just it was savage, and you could see her just exhausted after it. Now, this was an amazing watch. I couldn't make the game as I just had my uh, second daughter, but 
my oldest daughter and I watched it and it was just amazing to see her light up and be joyed by watching professional women's sport. What was game day like, guys? Uh, I'm not going to lie. We were still a bit rough from the Western United game. <laughs> a bit hoarse and probably didn't chant as loud as we could have. Uh, but we still gave it a red hot go, um, especially towards the end when um, it was pretty much all but sealed. Uh, the best, I'd say probably my favourite part of the game day was closing in towards the 90, 90th minute. Uh, Chris came and got the crew and told us to all walk over to near the tunnels where the girls come in and out, where the majority of the fans were sitting. And uh, I grabbed the megaphone, which mysteriously had full battery again after I took it off Mace <laughs> and telling him it had no battery <laughs> due to its misuse. But um, I grabbed it and started chanting, uh, you know, champion as champion as, and uh, everyone else in the crowd actually got up and around it, which was surprising. You know, usually you get one or two happy, Except but I'd Sheck. say about 80, I'd say about, well, yeah, well, Sheck was... Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, I think Sheck's cousin was playing for um, South Melbourne, so w we can give him a pass. But um, I'd say a lot of the crowd actually jumped in and were quite ecstatic and quite happy as well. So it's it's good to have that sort of uh, positive impact with your active support. Um, well, sorry, yeah, just I'd quickly, say, just add to that. Um, I was listening to it on the TV. I could hear you really loud and clear because I, I yeah was watching it on the TV even. When you saw he's acquired, like you could really pick it up. The sound was actually really good for hearing his. That's good because I took the mega off because apparently that's all you could hear at one point, especially when it's, you know, <laughs> uh, when it's a big crowd, you, the megaphone doesn't travel as much, you know, when you've got the crowd overshadowing it. But when there's, you know, only about 15, 20 people, it's really pretty much, really all you can hear is the megaphone. So um, uh, it's, it's good to know that uh, you could hear us all as a group. At points as well, without don't need a mega to make noise. Look, yeah, the girls absolutely loved us towards the end. They loved the atmosphere that was brought to them. They, I think they 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 took it up a notch once they heard a bit of noise behind them, and they were solid. But I can't wait to see them into in the um, women's A League next next season. Uh, hopefully they can do some damage and hopefully we can win another trophy. Great one. It's honestly exciting. Um, you know, obviously we probably will bring in some more experienced players. Uh, it's probably going to be a bit of an overhaul, but there's definitely the foundations of a team that can um, be competitive at the highest level uh, at Calder United, uh, soon to be Western United. So very, very exciting future that lies ahead for for uh, the girls that were playing and, and winning, obviously, their fourth Nike Cup in a row. So they didn't need Western United to help them out to start winning trophies. But um, good to see the trajectory they're on. Good unit of players. Uh, obviously, you, honestly, like you can see um, the whole team was like playing as a unit. You know, no one, it's, it felt like one of those teams where, you know, no one would be left out and there were no sort of cliques. So it, it, it felt like it was all one just unit of a team. And that, you know, that, that alone can win your games if, you know, uh, you've got that sort of, um, uh, what's it called in FIFA? Charisma? No. Um, <laughs> what is it in our ultimate team? Co what you're saying is cohesion, essentially. They've got good yeah. cohesion. Chemistry. chemistry. Yeah. Yep. Chemistry. Five star no, no, chemistry. They they really look like they're ready to take their next level, which which is the A League, and you know, 
if that was a grand final and look, let's be honest, they smashed South Melbourne all over the park. They're they are they're ready for the next level and the next level is the A League. The women's A League and you know, it'll be good to see them in and yeah, it'll be interesting to see how far they can go in that as well and hopefully hopefully can do some damage. But yeah, they're ready. They're ready for the A League and they're ready to become Western United. 100% agree. Um, controversial idea, guys. We're going to obviously have the campaign starting this year for the women's team. Do you think we should give the naming rights to the Women's Player of the Year award to the legend Alex Sinclair? I'm Alex down Sinclair for that. The- she was a cut yeah. above in that final. Uh, maybe uh, maybe not yet. Maybe oh, okay. post-retirement. I don't like naming something after someone that's still going to be your captain. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I hope she is. I hope she. Uh, so what you're saying uh, is, uh, upon retirement, you'd be down for it. Yes, yes. Until then, um, we just keep it like as the women's player women. of the year. Yeah. The AS Player of the Year award. I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> yeah, but no, um, I'm just I, I think, um, maybe maybe there also is someone else in the club. Like I'm not fully versed in Calder's club history, but maybe there was also another pioneer down the track, uh, like. Before these girls that help set the club up, so there's always that as well. Um, this is purely based on the fact she's been on the podcast. I don't. That's, yeah. that's where I'm coming at. Yeah, no, no. no. Well, so is Andrew Bantran, but we're not naming any awards after him. <laughs> I hope don't, not. Don't get him. Don't get him started. Don't get him started. Yeah, <laughs> no, he, he's not. Let's he's move not on, a supporter God. anymore. He's on strike. <laughs> he's on strike. Uh, do you guys want to get onto the gra- the game preview? Oh, well, hasn't yeah. the game been cancelled? Yeah. Well, on that finished. note, West United was scheduled to take on MacArthur Bulls for the first time this season. However, it was confirmed earlier today, Monday, as postponed due to COVID, uh, which makes no surprise. This turns our attention to match week eight against Newcastle Jets on the 19th of the 1st. Um, Can confirm yeah. this game is is a go-ahead unless there is, you know, of course, late dramas. Late outs. So obviously they're expecting what if you you know whoever has COVID to have fully recovered by then, and yeah, it's been given the green light unless of course things turn sour, which could happen at any stage. So yeah, yeah. if worst comes worst, we can always bring uh, Valentino back up to the team. You know what I mean? Just he can get promoted. Bring him up. Well, we we do we we do yeah. like half own that club, don't we? So third. Why not third? Just, I, we better get Valentino Yule out of this. Um, but, yeah. So I just want to touch on that briefly. Did you guys want to talk about the tipping comp? Yes. Um, I haven't tipped for a while. Uh, let's oh, just pass. I, missed, right, I think I've missed a few yeah. games, but I'm, I've got to be close to the top. Now, I'm not sure. Kelsey, you are killing me. I'm going to – I'm. Ugh, you can still win it. It's how bad this, like – Can I win it uh, so currently winning is Christopher Russell, 90 on 15 oh, points. Crap. I've been smashed. Methodical flamethrower. Love the name. Very brutal. Could be like a Cannibal Corp song. Uh, coming second on 14, tied with Woodster, 99, and Jeff F. Uh, well, uh, sorry, fourth. Uh, <laughs> oh, whoa, a lot of names here. Um, so tied on 13 points is Jeff FFS. Uh, Joker baby, you're just a little bit ahead of me. Uh, I'm all out pests. Minimum ships, please. Lebby T on 13, and same with Jules. Atrax on 12th. 
Look at Scott, 19th. Where's Nick? That's all right. Can't win, Nick. Sherlock Machine. Yeah, he's 18th. He ain't winning. Ah, he's beat me. Shit. What happened to Harris Mania? It's no longer running wild, brother. <laughs> what you gonna do? Uh, so, yeah, make sure you get in. We're gonna have a sick prize this season. Um, yeah, and the, the toilet seat will go to whoever wins, but we will have a really sick West United theme par- uh, themed prize. Can't go to any member of the pod. So, if we do really well, which I currently am doing pretty solid. Um, Can I win it? Not sure about you, Kelsey or Scott. Um, can't win the prize. Now, do you guys want to move on to around the grounds? I don't. I haven't really yeah. listed any because not much happening in Australian football. But there's something yeah, you want to I, talk about today. Today. Yeah, I can talk about something. Yeah, I know you weren't talking to me, but um, let's talk about. Is it Chesterfield? What is it? Sorry, uh, am I wrong there? You talk about the upset of Newcastle in the FA Cup? No. Oh, wrong. No, you're talking about Kidderminster Harriers yeah. and Reading. Yeah. Context, please, guys. Context. I was about when Nottingham beat Arsenal. What? That's not really a big thing. Like, they're a championship team who beat Arsenal. <laughs> I just knew I'd happens get, all I the time. You, with that one. <laughs> you guys lost to Bradford in the FA Cup. Hey, I, was, I just Shout knew you That's in my hometown. <laughs> that's all um, I was saying. I thought it was Chesterfield. I got that with Newcastle mixed up. It was one, a good first game the, from um, Trippier, but... One of the uh, big big results from the FA Cup recently, which is now all live on 10 play, um, uh, sixth-tier Kidderminster Harriers from the National League South beat championship side Reading. Uh, so that's, that's a four-division. To, to put it in perspective, um, Kidderminster would have to get promoted four times to be in the same league as Reading and five times to be in, this, in the Premier League. Uh, so so it would basically, take, it'd, it would... be, it'd be Western United versus the under-18 <laughs> uh, Williams landing team. <laughs> no, nah, it'd pretty much be um, the Western Service crew versus, I don't know, I guess the Newcastle <laughs> Jets. <laughs> hey, we got a chance. Exactly. Could have been that a chance hey, and they put them away. So, <laughs> now nah, shout out to them. It's good hearing those sorts of football stories from, you know, Players that are getting paid twenty pound a week versus that's what or, I want know, to see in a week Australia. Versus players getting paid ten k a week. That's what we want to speaking, speaking of that, the FFA Cup is rumored to be uh, a filed patent for the Australia Cup. So the FFA Cup is likely to be renamed the Australia Cup, which I'm pretty big fan of. I think that's cool. That'll look really prestigious. Um, well, they couldn't call it the A Cup. <laughs> Australia Cup sounds... Uh, All right. That's got a good ring to it. I like the A Cup. <laughs> um, On a more serious note, uh, I believe, Jay, you wanted to say something about a situation in Australia. Oh, on a more serious note, yeah. So, obviously, there's been a lot of uh, negativity uh, online on the socials um, directed towards the first ever football player to appear on this podcast uh, and, you know, one of our own, Josh Cavs. Um, However, like uh, recently, um, as of pretty much today, the recording of this podcast, uh, the – I don't know if it was the Federal Police or the – 
or the state police. Just law enforcement in general. Yeah, law enforcement in general have announced that they're actually going to be looking into some of the threats, uh, especially the more serious ones uh, that have been uh, directed at Josh Cavallo, other than just homophobia, which is obviously disgusting. Um, we've also he's also had death threats, which is obviously to be taken more serious. And it's it's just you know it's a blight on the game. You know it's a game that's supposed to be for everyone. It's marketed towards everyone. It's a game that brings people together. Um, and it's good that the police are investigating this. Uh, and they should investigate any sort of obviously any sort of death death threat. But um, you know it took a lot for Josh to come out. We've we've been over it, and um, it's good to see that he's not getting just brushed to the side. Hundred percent. Completely agree. Who the, how low must you be, honestly? Like death threats for being a puberty. It's sad. Yeah, it's it's just yeah. this disgraceful behaviour. On top of what has happened well, recently, it's it's subpar. It's yeah. Football's for everyone. What else can you say? Like it's in the, in twenty twenty two, this still being an issue is sad, and I'm so happy for Josh. But we we I don't want to go on a, this tangent for a while because we've done it before. <clears throat> also worth mentioning, insider information tells me he wants back in at Western United. So, <laughs> uh, everybody back, just... Uh, We'd have him back in a heartbeat. Send, send a few messages to Chris. Try and bring him back. <laughs> bring him home. Oh. Yeah, I, yeah. big fan of Cavallo. He's been one of the, like, he was the first person to give us a shot, so big fan and just a solid person. Um. Yeah. That's it for me for Around the Grounds. you guys have anything you want to talk about? No. This wraps us up for the week. Don't forget to check us out on social media for up-to-date West United content. Share, like, subscribe, and review. All West, aren't we? All West, All aren't, West we? aren't we? All that West, West aren't, aren't we? we? Oh, yeah. I can't do it. No, I'm not allowed because I butcher it every time. No, no. Just just wait. I'll, I'll end it after you say You ready? You ready? You ready?